0: From Glitch HQ on Riverside Avenue in employable, organized Minneapolis, this is Nice Games Club, the show where nice game devs talk gaming and game development.
1: I'm Martha McGarry, and I make
0: nice
2: games. I'm Steve McGregor, and I make nice games.
0: And I'm Martha Croy, I too make nice games. For this week's episode, our topics are game dev as a day job and unions. And so, if everyone's ready, let's start.
2: What? What <laughs> this is always the awkward part where, where someone's supposed to chime in huh and no one ever no one knows when to do anything so i just and i can't i can't stand the silence so i say something and i i don't know what
0: yeah do. it's usually me but if i don't say anything then it does get weird yep and then you say something and it's super weird yep and,
2: and i i prefer that <laughs> <laughs> well you're welcome <laughs> it's a service to our listeners uh, in terms of meta news, Joggernauts is out. Yeah, uh, yeah, and it's it's out on Switch and Steam and and itch. Right? Is it on itch? I don't. I do So is it not on itch? Okay. Well,
1: see. Okay, Henry, if you're listening. Joggernauts is out, so you can stop emailing me about it. <laughs> <laughs> Love is, Martha. <laughs>
2: has he been you about? <laughs> yeah, he's
1: like, so uh, if you are the devs when uh, Joggernauts is me out, Uh-oh. like at least once a month.
2: Oh my goodness. <laughs>
1: so Henry, it's out now. Been out For i like weeks. that he
2: emails you about it <laughs> it's hilarious um, yeah me and my brother uh played through it um uh two weeks ago uh and dang it's really hard mm-hmm. to be fair it's me and my brother playing and we probably argued the entire time so that also was- you guys are not good at video games right yes there's that <laughs> dang it you can say that because you beat us in everything i swear <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, my favorite part of, of that is that that is 100% not true. <laughs> okay, that's you, are, you beat me in most everything. Oh, yeah. But I beat you in one or two things, and then that's the world to you.
3: Yeah, it
2: sucks.
0: <laughs> <laughs> if you can't win at everything, it might as well be nothing, right? <laughs> okay, we should probably take a step back and explain Joggernauts to yes. listeners who might not be
2: familiar with the yes, title. so Joggernauts is a cooperative uh, platforming game. It's an infinite runner sort of thing where like, you play as four different characters and they just run another thing. Um, but like you can swap between first person and other people constantly. And then there are uh, colored walls that are like blocking your path and stuff. And you need to deal with them by having the person in front be the correct color. Yeah, it's um, a color
0: matching game that yes. requires coordination between multiple people. Yes. Which is partly why it's so difficult. Yes. Um, in that sort of charming yell at your pals kind of way. Yeah, yeah. And they've been leaning to that with their marketing of it. And they've been designing their their uh, levels to really like leverage that strength of, right. of that experience. Mm-hmm. Um, it's got charming art. It's got great music. Yes. Um, and it just came out. Thank goodness yeah. the music
2: is good. Cause like I stuck, we were stuck on some levels for a long time.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but um, if you're worried, if, cause if, if you can't like see colors, Differentiated or every color colorblindness, they do have other ways of matching the little monsters yes. to the to the
0: things. So right, right. don't worry it, about that. It doesn't like colorblind mode, but they've done the art in such a way that it's if you I mean you could put your TV on grayscale and you can still tell the difference between the things so they have other elements. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. Spiky uh, and round and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, they got different color different numbers of eyes and stuff. Yeah. Of
0: that's a really good colors. approach to colorblind in Rather than making a whole separate mode for it, just make it suitable for the for the colorblind. Yeah. Mode. I think that's really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's out also, not only is the game out, but the original soundtrack is available, um, I think, on various places you get music these days. We I'm not a teenager. I don't you. know. <laughs> um, but yeah, the soundtrack uh, uh, just by itself is really good. You should check that yeah. out. Well. Speaking
1: of soundtracks.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, what now?
1: Oh, well, we had an episode <laughs> on soundtracks.
0: Oh, ah. uh, okay. <laughs> I thought you were really teeing up one of your uh, legendary transitions. <laughs> no.
2: <laughs> I don't. What? <laughs> They're not good unless you don't expect them.
0: Yeah, I suppose. They should, <laughs> they should hit you like a truck.
2: Right. <laughs> uh, other news, what else came out, Stephen? Uh, Soul Calibur 6. Uh-huh. I spent all day yesterday playing through Soul Calibur 6, and I'm still not done with it, because there's a ton of single-player content in this game. Yeah. And I don't normally get into single-player content in fighting games, but maybe that's because most single-player content in fighting games is not good. It's pretty fun in this one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there's this mode where you can create your own character, and then like you go on adventures and stuff, and you meet other characters in Soul Calibur, and it's man maybe I'm fanboying a little bit but yeah.
0: like <laughs> it's really fun so you lose me there is the characters in Soul Caliber like that doesn't yeah. sound that interesting and to they're me they're
2: not like iconic <laughs> well I mean like, like Mario iconic yeah. but well like, there's six of these so yeah. they have history yeah right? and for they, fans they have they have uh, uh, sentimental value to me mm-hmm. I suppose so that's and I, cool.
0: I hear some of them wear clothes S-
2: some of them <laughs> <laughs> mainly the men uh yeah it's oh, a separate thing <laughs> yeah uh <laughs> Ah, and, oh, I mean, you can dress up all the characters in other clothes. You can put clothes on your characters. Oh, so it's, it's like an action figure playset, also. Yes.
0: <laughs> See, I'm on board now. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Uh, before we get into your guys' topics that you brought today, um, I wanted to just mention uh, I just got back from a conference. Um, I don't know if the listeners can tell, but my voice is pretty raspy um, because I'm sick because I went to a conference, which is what always happens. Yeah. Um, I went to Adobe Max, which is the thing I go to every year, and longtime listeners of the show. Will have heard my recaps in previous years uh, where I talk about it. it's the a conference Adobe puts on. They call it the Creativity Conference. Um, I had a really good time this year, despite being basically like in utter misery the whole time mm. <laughs> um, because the content was really good and I got to see Beck, which was really cool. They do a oh. they do a free concert every year, and but they, and they usually get some like really good mid tier uh, college rock indie band. Yeah, um, that's great. But this year they just got Beck, and so like. I was I was sitting right in the standing right in the front and I felt like a teenager again. Cool. Um, aside from the uh, uh, ankle pain, it was oh. <laughs> it was great. <laughs> but I, that that day starts at like seven a.m. Oh, and days. then it's sessions all day, and then there's a there's a um, a, a keynote at night where there's a keynote in the morning and uh-huh. there's a keynote at night called wow. Sneaks, where they, they preview uh, technology from the labs, oh, cool. which is the, my favorite part of Adobe Max. They show off these things that, they get these scared engineers, these proper engineers who are working on these features day uh-huh. in, day out. They pull them out of their caves at, at uh, Adobe HQ, put them on stage in front of 14,000 people and make them demo their latest tech. Yeah. And they say, like, if it goes wrong, clap for them. Like, and then that, <laughs> that has happened. And they showed off 10 of these things, and they were just amazing pieces of technology uh-huh. in really rough forms, but you really get the idea for it. And a lot of it uses Adobe's new uh, AI platform, which is like, they're really making good use of that stuff for like roto-masking. And so video people uh, probably know what I'm talking about because there's been news about these things. Um, it's really exciting. And they always bring a comedian or an actor on stage to yeah. sort of uh, serve as the MC of the show. And they had Tiffany Haddish this year. Oh, yeah. Uh, and she was really great. Yeah. Uh, she was hitting on everybody. Um, it was very charming. <laughs> And then after that, there, there's a big party that uh, that happens, like sort of a, a mixer, basically. But it's like they put up, um, they make it into this like crazy neon park, and they, it's like free food and drinks and all that. And then there's the concert, and then <laughs> you have to make it back to your hotel, and it's been and it's like then you go to bed, and then you have to get up next morning at seven a.m. for more sessions, uh, because they do it on the second to last day instead of the last day, oh. because people. Get, they get on the airplane the last day, so ah, they, yeah. so like it's it's a, it's the worst Tuesday night concert you can go to. But mm-hmm. it was Beck, so I had a great time. <laughs> um, I'm not, There's no useful information in this recap because um, I can't really organize it. The but. useful
2: information is that Mark is very excited about this trip, and you should all be excited for him. Yeah,
1: <laughs> and Adobe is cool
2: that, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, uh, Like it, uh, it's a very expensive conference,
0: and it it shows. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So you know.
2: Did you get fancy slack this time?
0: Uh, I did. I got a ton of t-shirts. I've been to WMAX every year for the past so many years. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so so I know I I, like I know the strategy, right? Mm -hmm. I know which I don't want to get the like the the cheap um, um, uh, like portable batteries. Or the or the like, all the flyers and cards they hand out, like uh, yeah. like I you know I'll take a picture of the booth or get the website if I'm interested, but right. like I don't want to take anyway. And I know like what to stand in line for. Like uh, yeah. the people stand in line for like these n- neat experiences, and then they come up with a trinket or, or some other cool thing. Um, and I I can like spot which ones are worth it. Ah. And like also, you only have so much time between sessions right. if you don't want to skip a session and hang out in the, the, the expo area. And so um, anyway, I've, I've turned it into a science. And cool. so I ended up I, I yeah, it was a five day trip. And I came back with seven t-shirts. Nice. <laughs> so I basically didn't have, I shouldn't have packed at all. I should have just went <laughs> have with, just, with what I was wearing and just, you know, collected uh, shirts along the way. Uh, nice. And some of them are really cool because it's a design yeah. conference. So the t-shirts are not like some dumb corporate logo. It's like cool stuff. Hey. Uh, they had um, uh, Monotype, the, the font foundry, uh, had this cool thing where you'd get in line and then you would take this little quiz on an iPad. It was like, what font are you? It was mm-hmm. like, oh, very cute. And then depending on what font you were, they'd give you a t-shirt with that font on it which oh, was wow. which is kind of neat. Yeah. But if you could pick whatever you wanted if, if you didn't like that one. Um, but you know they do they do cool stuff and like they had um uh they, you know they had food everywhere and on the third day they had a corral of puppies, like mm. actual puppies because they know you get stressed at conferences and these are all rescue puppies. So they're oh. not puppies to play with, they're puppies to hold and and comfort and be comforted by. Oh. And it was just the charmingest thing. Wow. Um, and there was a long line for that. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, I bet. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> wow. Huh. Dang, that's that's why it's so expensive is because they just pull out
4: all
0: the stops. Well, the thing is about like a lot of that stuff is these are all their sponsors, right? Yeah. So they provide a lot of these things and it's a promotional for them. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it, you know, once you sort of like have like let go of the cynicism of that, yeah. you just have a great time. Yeah. You know? Um and then of course there are a couple of really good uh, actual things information you want to find out about. I talked to someone at the, a booth that, that did uh, localization. I talked about game localization for like 25 minutes Mm -hmm. and got all their information and like got the load on their thing and like, you know, they might have me as a customer. Like, so, you know, maybe it works. I don't know. But yeah, all the the session content was great as well. I went to a session on advanced tips in Photoshop. Um, The speaker there, she was like just absolutely brilliant and funny and fun. And it was at, it was inside of a movie theater. Mm. Um, some of the sessions were held off-site, and so it was also very comfortable, hey. which is not common for these conferences. Um, I went to stuff on Illustrator, and I spoke to the Illustrator team, and I was like begging them, like, please, can you bring the the drawing tools from Animate into Illustrator? And he was like, I don't understand why you would want that. I've never heard that before, but... Uh, send me a video of you doing it, and maybe I'll we'll consider it. So like, okay, so it's a long shot, but yeah. w- we'll see. Because I love the drawing tools in one tool, but anyway, yeah. Ah, no. sure, sure. Um, but uh, no, it's, I had a really good time.
2: Cool. Well, fine. that's exciting stuff.
0: Yeah, and like, and normally I have it's it's really hit or miss. Is mm-hmm. it's very much dependent on what Adobe announces, right? Because that's news and inter- interesting, particularly during the, during the sneaks and stuff. Because you know, I'm I use their products, so when they make announcements that are relevant to me, and that's kind of a crapshoot because even though I use many of them, I don't use all of them all the time. Mm-hmm. So like this year they announced Photoshop for iPad not relevant to me yeah um, but they announced other things in their other tools that that made me more excited and then the sessions depending on what they offer because sometimes they have unique things a lot of times it's just like advance this advance that and those are great but sometimes you get the real special ones like I got to see um, uh, uh, Roman Mars from 99% invisible did a live show mm-hmm. for one of the sessions uh, and I went to that and um, it's all really good stuff so cool. uh, this year was really really fun and I hate going alone um, but this year, there was enough to keep me interested that, that I, I, I was all right. And I met a bunch of cool people too. So
1: awesome. Nice. Mm-hmm. Well, there's, you know, what's another really expensive conference?
0: Stephen, here it comes. She's going to do it
1: <laughs> <laughs> the, the Game Developers Conference. Yes. And, but if you, if you happen to work as a game dev oh, for your day that job, that you <laughs> might get sent to GDC as part of your job.
2: Yes. Oh, yes. That didn't happen. You might get to send to PAX as part of your job. Oh yeah, that happens too.
0: <laughs> also that.
2: So my topic is game dev as a day job because I now have a game dev. I get paid to do it as my day job. It's pretty great. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I this- do like, that,
0: like the, the trajectory of your life as charted by your, your time on this show. Yeah. Oh yeah. Is really, it's very, I like it a lot. Yeah. I like where you were and where you are it's, and where yeah. you're going.
2: You know, I think about that a lot and mm-hmm. it, it feels good. I feel like I've improved a lot yeah. just in general. All over the place.
0: And I feel like the show is just here to document it. Yeah. Just to be there alongside as, as as you
2: were making that journey. I think it's yes. really exciting. There's some good times, there were some bad times. <laughs> Only good times on this show, of course. Right.
3: Yes.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, but I wonder I really wanted to talk about like the differences between uh being a game dev like on the side and being a game dev like as your job. Uh because I mean I think there's some pretty significant key differences. Like like for now, now I feel, like, creatively fulfilled in my career. So, like, I, I, um, I'm working on games full-time. So every day I spend eight hours working on a game, and then I get home and I don't want to do that anymore <laughs> because I've been doing it for eight hours. So it's kind of difficult to, like, finish up other projects. So, like, I haven't really done any work on um in a long time. Um, and I'm still working on Widget Satchel. Um, but I can
0: confirm you're not as excited about it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> not as I used to be. Yeah. You're, you're drained. Yeah, it's it's hard. It's yeah. hard. Um, well, yeah, because like, um, it's not crunch because like I'm, it's a separate thing. But like, and we we can talk about crunch when we get to the union episode. Maybe <laughs> it's probably relevant. <laughs> uh, but uh, it's it's like I don't know. Like I I feel like I'm putting in the work to to for like this thing that I'm trying to improve on a lot, which is being a better game dev. Um, and so when I get home, I want to just relax and not do that or improve on other things. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't know what that would be. Dancing, dancing. (laughs) I would like to improve on dancing. Um, but you know, uh, sometimes you can't, sometimes you got other obligations. Uh, like, you know, I'm going back to school now and stuff. Um, so those things, you know, can get in the way of things. Right. It used to be that you fit a bunch
0: of things together. Yes. Now you have to fit a bunch of things around this job.
2: Yes, that's actually exactly it. Right. When I, my, older, uh, my previous job was very flexible in the terms of hours I did because I was effectively on call. I was just like computer staff, and I just made sure the computer things ran, and I sent emails out. Uh, whereas now, you know, I actually have to be there eight hours a day and make sure I'm making progress on work. Sometimes it's harder than um, you'd think because like, despite the fact that I'm getting paid to work on games, it's not easy it doesn't make it easier. It just makes it sustainable. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, um, yeah, I, uh, I also like, am not able to choose what things I work on, at least not when you're like in the process of making the game. It's like, I'm working on treasure stack and I've been working on treasure stack for six, five, six, six months, seven months, dear Lord, seven months. Um, and so I have not been able to work on anything else at work except for that. Uh, So you you just you can't stop until the work gets done, uh, and you just keep doing it. Which, I mean, I'm learning a lot doing it, and it's again, it's fulfilling. But it's also, uh, you know, sometimes you want to do something else. (laughs) Mm -hmm. That's where Widget Satchel comes in, which is nice. I get to, you know, sometimes do some game design work. I don't get to do it work very often. It's mainly code stuff, uh, which is also weird because I never really considered myself much of a coder until like you get hired to do it. Mm -hmm. Now I'm like, dang, I know code things. So like. You, like, Mark and Martha will say code stuff, and I'll be like, I kind of know what they're saying now. (laughs) (laughs) It's wild. Uh, Yeah, um, what's also nice nice about it, though, is, like, you get to spend all of your day working on games instead of, like, working on it here and there, so it doesn't feel like you're, uh, you know, like, trying to fit in this game in your regular life, which is good because, like, I feel like I'm spending my day, like, improving my skills. Mm-hmm. which I did not feel when I was working in the past. Um, I don't know like uh, you both have worked on like dev things in the past, right? So, mm-hmm. like does that do you feel that way too with relation to that? Like do you feel like you are improving your skills at, at your day job? Uh,
0: well, I don't have a day job these days di- this right. time. I'm I'm doing some freelance work, but I'm spending actually much more of my time on widgets satchels yes. than I am on freelance stuff. But uh, when I was uh doing more full time freelance or or you know in a day job, I think my favorite part of it was um uh, and you sort of touched on it, which is that you do the work that and it can be exciting or it can be boring, it can be a mix of things depending yeah. on the day, depending on the type of project or whatever right. or whatever you're particularly working on mm-hmm. but you can you can leave it there yeah, and so as much as I would often feel drained and not be able to do more things there's the freedom of not having it hang over you the way that when you have a passion project and you set your own deadlines and and if you are if you are trying to keep yourself to a a standard or a timeline um every like break you take every bit of every movie you watch on netflix you can feel the time slipping away yeah totally um but your work stuff and and if you know if you're putting in the proper hours or maybe even doing a little bit of overtime you still get to go home and and leave it behind mm-hmm. um, you know you can think about it or maybe you can even do some work at home if you, if you choose to right. um, or you know in those cases where you're forced to and that's another matter but yeah. um, but in a lot of these cases, it's nice to be able to leave it there yes um, that i I've, I've liked a lot mm-hmm. uh, in terms of like improving skills at a day job yeah um, i I tend to get work that I've taught myself in the past oh, okay. and I get bored of work if I'm not learning on the day job yeah. And that happens way more often than I wish it did. Mm. Um, and that, that seems pretty negative, but like a lot of times I, I'll get tired of work fairly quickly if it's not challenging me. Sure. Like almost immediately. I get, I get, fed, I get oh, yeah. tired very quickly. I feel, that, yeah. I
2: feel that at work sometimes too.
0: And then it becomes a matter of like, uh, then, and you really have to help your, uh, prevent yourself from like resenting it. Because it's not anyone's fault. Like yeah. they hired you to do the work because you know how to do the work. Right. You're good at it. <laughs> yeah. And it's like it's not actually their responsibility to give you more and better work every day, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> but it it, it will re-
2: feel like that. Yeah. And you have to keep that in check. Right. 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 So Martha, you also work as a dev in your day job. Yes. Do you feel like you're improving your dev skills?
1: Sometimes. Sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> um. Well, with the state of the code base that I. Get to work on most of the time. I feel like I'm going backwards in skills. Oh no. <laughs> but, um <laughs> But don't tell anybody. So that um, no, I I mean I I definitely have learned a ton of stuff. Like I didn't know PHP, mm-hmm. um, and now I know PHP. And just like every day, I'm like, oh, I should look this up. Oh, I should look that up. So that's yeah. I feel like I've because I get to work on dev stuff every day. Like those skills are. Like, I don't lose them. But then I do feel the same thing where, like, because I use up all my dev brain at work, it's really hard to come home and do any sort of code. Yeah. Anything, really, because it's so draining. I just come home and I'm like, okay, now time to veg because (laughs) my brain literally cannot take in more information or, like, produce more information. Yeah. So...
2: Yeah, it's difficult. Yeah, Yeah. I I found that like uh, doing something different in Widget Satchel is really helpful. Like if I'm doing more dev work in Widget Satchel, that's that's probably sometimes the hardest. Sometimes I feel really inspired to do it, but like Mm -hmm. other times, it's like the hardest for me to do because like I just I just was doing that for eight hours already. Yeah. Uh, But design work is great because like I have not been doing design work. Sometimes
0: I'll notice you'll pick up a dev task in Widget Satchel that was like not really on your plate. Yeah, was lower priority. And I always get the impression that it's because it's filling a like a hole that you need that it's exciting you, Mm. and that's why you're doing it. Yeah, and and I I I leave to it. (laughs) Yeah, because it's on the checklist.
2: It's got to get done. Sometimes that is the case. Other times I'm like, oh, it's preventing me from doing design work. Ah, I got to fix this thing. Uh, (laughs) 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 So that happens too. But so I I feel you, Martha. Like it's it's hard. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, Maybe uh, have you tried like working on something that's not dev related, like drawing?
1: Yes, ah. I mean I do. I do, do a lot of drawing. Ah, okay. So, yeah, because like speaking of podcasts from the episode we just recorded with Freya, <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, I also listen to podcasts while drawing. Ah, okay. So, um, yeah, so that's a way to veg and do something productive at okay. the same time.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'll, when I'm burned out on one aspect, I'll 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 plan to. Um, to do something else entirely, but related to the project I'm doing. Yeah. I still feel like I'm making progress. So if I'm getting really fed up of like, you know, putting together the, uh, like a, a system in widget satchel or in Metro Nexus, I will, I'll be like, okay, for the next two days, I'm now going to be working on art. And I, I have that freedom because the projects I work on, I work on multiple things on them. Not everybody has that ability, but a lot of times that will refresh me. I'll just set aside and I'll be like, okay, I'm going to do some music now for the next couple of days, and that's what I'm focused on yeah and i'll just I'll put a pin in what I had before, and when I get back to it, I'll you know like i i'll I'll have like a bookmark almost like I'll know exactly where I left off. Mm-hmm. I won't just abandon it to come back mm-hmm. just so I don't get you know I can pick up where I left off and and then I'll just do pivot to something else and i I, I try to at least I try to fool myself into thinking that I'm making as much progress just in a different order, yeah and then I can even if it's not true, if I believe it. <laughs> <laughs> then I then I can I can be a happier worker
2: for my own things. Yeah, you know? yeah that's helpful. Um, yes, I that's one thing I've noticed that's uh, different about working at this uh, this job too is that like, oftentimes you just have to do a thing, and right? You get don't enough. have that flexibility. I do not have that flexibility. Well, to be fair, <laughs> at my at my job, like, uh, I am there's not a lot of, uh, I don't want to say there's not a lot of delegation because maybe that's not completely accurate, but like the, um, you kind of pick your own tasks. Yeah. You just need you make sure that the things get done that need to get done. Mm-hmm. Uh, but sometimes there are things that like need to get done, and you have a deadline, so you gotta you know work at that. Yeah, and those are uh, can be frustrating and or stressful or both. Mm-hmm. That's what and or means. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, um, and so, though like in 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 those situations, you know, I just have to work on that thing. So for eight hours, I might be like kind of frustrated dealing with this this one task that I just have to get done. Um, and it's good. Like I'm, I'm, I'm making progress towards finishing this game, and that feels fulfilling. But like it's still frustrating because I don't want to do it. Or <laughs> some, whatever. Uh, but like, yeah, I, I don't get to pick my tasks. I don't get to pick what game I'm working on. I don't get to decide um, uh, that I don't want to do this right now. And you know what? I'm just gonna do something else. Mm-hmm. And because I'm my, I guess my role isn't exactly specialized because like I add uh, sounds and stuff to it. But I mainly, I'm the lead developer, so I mainly do code. Um. So I can't, like, I don't get to do design work. I don't get to do art. I can't do art anyway. You don't get to do music. <laughs> or, like, I do sounds, but only when we need them. And uh, we don't need them that often. We mm-hmm. have most of the sounds in the game already. Yeah. Uh, so, like, I just have to keep, I just, you know, do a lot of code stuff. Yeah. Um.
0: Yeah. And it's interesting because, like, your, the way you've described your work yeah. is that you, because you are sort of principally in charge of the code base on this project, mm-hmm. you have a lot of freedom in terms of how it's architected yes. or re-architected as it gets refreshed. Yes, um, and you do get to de- you do have some decision making power of your own. And like you say, like you you get to choose your tasks within this category. Right. And I would describe that as something that a lot of people in the game industry, uh, like uh, you know, junior developers. Mm-hmm. Um, people who are you know hire their, their first position in a company yes. they usually don't get even that level of them but but you did but the thing is even when you have that thing it's still not enough to fight that feeling yeah. and i think what that means is that there's no way to get rid of it no right <laughs> like it's not a, it's not a matter of like appreciating what you have or but it's like it's just like a human nature yeah. to need to be like refreshed and engaged yeah. and challenged yeah. uh, no matter what your circumstances yes. are
2: yeah, right? and like some of the tasks I'm doing are not necessarily challenging. They're just you know tedium. You got to get done. Yeah, so you just have to do it. And yeah, it's totally it's totally um like it's totally that. Like it's just mm-hmm. like you just have to get through the tedium, and you have to find you find the pride in the completion, but at, not necessarily
0: in the in task. the work itself. Yeah. yeah, exactly.
2: Yeah, um, like uh, at at the where I'm working is I'm frankly I'm blessed because like I do get to like pick the particular things I get to work on and stuff. Whereas like in uh i know in the triple a space i'm not working in AAA space my game is an indie game i guess um, yes it was uh <laughs> he just checked
3: <laughs> Confirm. Uh,
2: and but like it's in the directory it, it's in the uh, triple a space you oftentimes yeah you get picked a specific role and so you have to code this specific thing or make mm-hmm. art for this specific thing or something like that um uh, yeah, uh, all of my coworkers like they get to pick tasks and stuff that they get to they want to work on. And stuff. Mm-hmm. It's largely just like they get to pick what game they want to work on, and then they focus on that.
0: Right, um, and that's unique to your company because your company has a portfolio of web titles, yes. that are all maintained by a group. But what you're working on is this, is this PC console release, yes. that's a sort of a special project for the company. Yeah, so so it needs your full time attention.
2: Yeah, so I was uh, recently informed. I was very confused about the structure of my company for a long time. I yeah. was recently informed about how it works now. <laughs> Pixel eggs, which is what I work on, uh, they do console games and PC games. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then GameSmart, which is what I was originally hired to work for, is the, our web browser games, right? Um, and we, um, GameSmart, uh, you know, has been established for a while, and we make money based off of our audience in China. They play a lot of our games. I don't think we make a lot of money here in the states mm-hmm. uh, and so, like we try to make games based off of that, but i uh, it, from what I understand, our developers and artists don't really know like what makes the most money, so you kind of just make games and hope it sells right, well, not right. sells, but like hope it makes money. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have like a currency thing, and like they have to buy currency to like buy stuff in our games. Right. So it's have, a
0: free to play kind of system. Yeah, they're right? all free to play things. Yeah. Um, it is kind of nice that you describe it like you're not sure what makes money. That's kind of like a, for a designer, that's probably nice because you get to then just design what you, what can you just think do is what it, fun. It,
2: yeah. But like at have the other those hand, mechanics and. Yeah, you know, but like on the other hand, I sort of when i work on another game i would like to like challenge myself and try to design a game that would make a lot of money <laughs> so like i i kind of want to know about that kind of stuff uh, a sighting of stephen business i <laughs> maybe little, no. uh yeah um so that's what that's what yeah i, I haven't i haven't actually worked on any game smart games cuz i as soon as i started working i started to work on treasure Stack. so i've yeah. been doing pixel eggs the whole time but like i've talked to other uh my other uh coworkers and stuff and you know they've described their processes and things like that um, they kind of just make games. They make small games because, like, the, the more games we have, the more valuable the whole surface of Gamesmart is. Yeah. Because you just buy currency for all of the games, so the more currency you have, or like, if you have currency, you can do it. Oh, at any it's user. like an arcade. Thing. Yeah, effectively. Yeah. Oh, I actually didn't know that. That's really interesting. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, uh, you can, yeah. Uh, the more games we have, the more valuable the whole surface is, and so, like, we just make more games. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, it's, it, it must be making some kind of money because they keep allowing us to do it.
0: <laughs> well, it lets, the, it lets the company try other things, like yeah. is, like the work you're doing. Yes, is cer- certainly enabled by the 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 rest of the company's
2: success. Right. right yeah, my company does a whole lot of stuff. So mm-hmm. I guess GameSmart is part of ADX Labs, which is a subset of. Hold on, uh, let me get out my notebook. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? Which it's a subset of ASUS. Asus is the whole company. Mm-hmm. And we do a whole bunch of stuff. We've made phones. We have a, our own cryptocurrency. We have a, a hip hop app. I don't know what it does. Uh, we have he's making this up. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Just listing off things now.
2: I, what, okay, so one of our, <laughs> so one a of our karaoke Q-y- machine. I would not be surprised. We Got, have we have earphones. We have headphones. Yeah. Too. We, yeah. Got the
1: kitchen sinks.
2: No Kitchen sinks, as far as I know, but I would not be surprised too. <laughs> so many things. Um, but like one of our Kiwi guys, uh, he has been in the company for like four or five years or something, so he's like very familiar with all the stuff. And he keeps informing me on all these new products we keep <laughs>
3: working, nice. uh-huh.
2: which is really fascinating, yeah, because I just would never have expected any of that stuff. Uh, but yeah, my company does a bunch of stuff, mm-hmm. anyways. Um, another thing that I found that's uh, different about like working as a game dev as, as your day job is that like you don't really get to pick who you're working with because they, people get hired based off of their skills, right? And their right. and their personality and like maybe how they fit in the culture, but they might not necessarily mesh with your work style. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so sometimes it's difficult to like you know work with other people and and um and you know be productive because like you just aren't you just not meshing. Mm-hmm. Uh. And I don't know. Sometimes you might not like who you're working with too. Uh, I really haven't had that much of that kind of experience, but like, you know, it happens. Yeah. Uh, that's just that's just the nature of life in general. <laughs> you have to be around. Sometimes you have to be around people. You know,
0: I've worked people. really closely with people who I work really well with. Yeah. But have not have no interest. Like we have no social interest in each other. Yeah. And that that is weird. Yeah. Um. I much rather because it's hard then to like. There's that. There's the space between tasks, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. there's the, the joking in the office and like, that's all ancillary to your work a lot of times. And right. I'm kind of a head down, get it done person most of the time. Yeah. But I also don't want to, I don't want to be a different person at work than I am in other situations. Sure. I, I find it difficult to sort of put on that face. Yeah. And so it's very hard for me to work with people who I would otherwise mesh really well with professionally. Yeah. But then have no other connection to. Yeah. And that's not hard for everybody
2: um but it's hard for me yeah i i um i don't think i've had that experience i feel like i've been able to find some i'm really good at like finding some form of a connection between people and stuff and myself uh-huh.
0: well so, you're a pal everyone loves you
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh geez. yeah
0: um who so, wouldn't get along with steven i want to find that person and then kick them into a volcano
2: <laughs> <laughs> <Dang>. <laughs> um yeah so i i try to foster that kind of and in fact, I had to do that at, at work now because like we mm-hmm. didn't have we have a regular board game day yeah. on Fridays now because I facilitated. Yeah, that. you started that, right? I did. <laughs> Look at you um, building company culture. You know, I, I try. <laughs> uh yeah, and like that's been helpful because like I get to know people and it's and it's a nice reprieve from like, you know, the uh nine to five that everyone's doing. Well, I guess really at our place it's more like ten to six for most people. Uh, but yeah, uh and I like that's a really helpful thing because then you get to know other people and they get to know you and I think that like as a result we've all meshed a lot better mm-hmm. um, because you're you know in communication You like each other's company or at least you know we do what we can yeah uh, yeah so that, that's been helpful I think in like other uh, places like when I did work at uh, Concrete Software as a QA intern part of the Issue was I was a QA intern and felt like I shouldn't be talking to people because I was an intern. <laughs> but uh <laughs> I um I did not feel like I was uh I I guess I didn't feel like I was like friends with people there, like like you were saying, Mark. Like mm-hmm. I i think I had some, you know, we all have play games and work on games together, so there's that in common. But like aside from that, I didn't really feel like we were conversing with one another. Uh I don't know what it was. I don't know, maybe the cubicles were too tall or something. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was an issue with that place yeah. that I didn't like about it. But I think that it has, has changed a lot since then. Lane mm-hmm. still works there, and he's having a really good time recently.
0: Yeah, he, so. I the last couple times I talked to him. It's, it's a good place to work.
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think for him, um, his, he's. Uh, I think that his role has changed. He's like uh, manipulated his role. Manipulated. His role. <laughs> Makes it sound evil. Yeah. Uh, he's changed his role so that he gets to do a lot more design than just... Uh, uh, dev work, yeah, um, which is really great because mm-hmm. like he's really into both of those things, mm-hmm. um, and so it has been more valuable to him. And like he just gets to you know uh, co- uh, work with a bunch of cool people and design and focus on code.
0: That's a really interesting insight. Which is a lot of times you'll you'll work at a place and you're like, oh, I don't really fit in here. I'm not really. It's not really making a lot of sense to me. Yeah, and you know. Uh, some you know some of that might be just like oh well maybe the company doesn't foster like really good relationships maybe it's not good at onboarding new people mm-hmm. or finding what they're best at mm-hmm. but sometimes it's just a simple matter of like it's not the right fit like that's like the you know what I mean yeah like you were a QA intern it's like you know even when you were doing that work you were overqualified for that work mm-hmm. like I don't know that you would say that out loud to anybody at that time yeah but like you know it wasn't really what you wanted to be doing and so it was difficult for you to like feel like you belonged right. and then you need to do that I think first before you can start. Building the rest of the connection, yeah. whereas Lane, on the other hand, he's he's found a way and he's he's done a lot of the work to 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 uh, carve out his place, yeah. in in that space, right, right. And so it's you know it um it's on your shoulders too, yeah, right,
2: yeah. Um, that's something I'm really excited about. Like after Treasure Stack comes out, is that like I think that we could start working on projects like as a whole group because only a few of us work on uh, Treasure Stack, not like yeah. the whole company. Um but like if we wanted to make another console game it would be really cool if we got all the devs and all the artists to do certain particular parts of it um and then do game smart stuff on the side as well. Yeah. Uh because like I think we all have like our own specialties. Like one of our devs is really good at prototyping stuff and he's been he's released like four or five games and he started about when I did. So he's released four or five games at the same time that I've been working on the one. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um and then, I mean they're smaller but like there's a couple that are like really Real design games too, like yeah. they would be really good on mobile. Uh, I, uh, one of my coworkers has been like on his uh, work on his work breaks, he will like play uh, the game a whole lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He'll like play it uh, every other day. It's pretty good. Um, and in like uh, we have a bunch of artists and stuff, and they don't, I mean, they don't get to put their art in like a console game, which mm-hmm. I mean would be really cool. Like yeah. they could put a lot of effort into making, I don't know, three D models or something, mm-hmm. and put it in. So, I, like, that kind of stuff is really exciting. Uh, another thing that's like cool about having a day job is that like, you can force tasks onto other people. <laughs> if <you want> to. <laughs> well, 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 well. Well, uh, force is maybe not a good <laughs> way of saying it. But you can delegate. <laughs> hey, yes, delegate. You can delegate tasks to other people um, because, I don't know, sometimes they have more experience. Mm-hmm. Um, in this in those kinds of things, like for example, uh, I was trying to do translation for Treasure Tech because we're releasing it on a you know in a bunch of different countries mm-hmm. and such. Um, and I've never done that before, mm-hmm. and I didn't. You not don't know what you don't doing. mean
0: doing the translation, you mean implementing a localization yes. system? Yes,
2: implementing a localization system, right? Um, and I've never done that before, and like I did not know what I was doing, and like I could learn it, and like it would work perfectly fine after I figured out how to do it, but like mm-hmm. it would take so much time. Uh, whereas other people in the company have already. Or who are working on uh, Treasure Stack have already done this kinds of things and like would be much faster at it and would not have to spend a bunch of time learning it. So I gave it to him, <laughs> <laughs> and it felt great because I could just work on other stuff, uh, and that's nice because like when I'm when I'm working on Fingence, uh if I'm not doing a thing, no one's doing a thing most of the time. Yeah. So like, it's a weird kind of pressure because like you can just not have it in the game because there's no obligation to have it in the game, mm-hmm. but if you really want it in the game and nobody else wants it in the game, you have to figure out how to do it. So you'll have to do it yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas like at, at my company, like if my boss wants it in the game, it's going to be in the game, but you don't have to necessarily put it in the game. Um, so it's a weird kind of... I mean you personally? Yeah. <laughs> you, don't, you, you don't mean get around your boss. You know? <laughs> right. No, it's in there. We, we have localization, Dylan, please. Uh- <laughs> Ah, Dylan's the name of my boss, which is kind of confusing because it's also the
1: not the same him. as my boyfriend Dylan. Right,
2: <laughs> everyone's got a Dylan. Yeah,
4: <laughs> for real though.
2: <laughs> yeah. Um. I, another thing I wanted to bring up that like, uh, I, like that you mentioned, Mark, is that like, um, when you are finished working on your game and like you've done your eight hours, you can just go home and not deal with that for all um, the rest of the day. Mm-hmm. Uh, which I felt like. I could not do when uh, I was working on pensions, and I, I don't. I'm sure you're feeling that pressure when you're not working on Widget satchel.
0: Oh yeah, all the time. Yeah, <laughs> it's not. I don't. I don't have it nice like that. Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> right. So like, like yeah, that's that's it's yeah. It's frustrating because like yeah, it, like you said, every time you're watching Netflix or you mm-hmm. know, on and on YouTube or sleeping, <laughs> sometimes <laughs> you could just be like, oh man, I could be working on Widget satchel yeah. or whatever else.
0: But you know, and that's that's not to say that that's like the worst thing. Yeah right? it's a, it's a motivator and it keeps me going and right. as the sort of like the main shepherd of the project like it needs that from me mm-hmm. you know um whereas you know a treasure stack is is a, a a big point of your your professional career mm-hmm. and it'll be a big thing to put on your resume and on your your credits list and it's yeah. a big deal yeah. but it doesn't belong to you yeah and and, yeah. and and the 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 cost of that or the 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 thing you get in return for that is that you don't have the pressures of what happens when it belongs to you. Right. Right? Yes. That's my boss's job. (laughs) And I'm sure he stresses out every night at dinner about the next step or whatever. He's like, what am I going to tell Steven to do tomorrow?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Probably keeps him up at night. Right. (laughs) Yeah. um, That is uh, definitely a perk slash downside. Is that like, I'm working on this thing and like, I could just not work on it after I finish my uh, my eight hours, but like it's not mine. I guess like I, I have some stake in it. Oh yeah. Uh I, sure. I, I mean, I'm putting a bunch of work into it, and I, I, I'm doing design work, and I want it to succeed. Um, but I, 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 I guess it's for a different reason than I would if like I, then I would want vengeance to succeed. Yeah. Because like it's not as personal. It's not as a personal thing.
1: Sometimes when you're working at a game dev company. <laughs>
0: promising so far
1: (laughs) Um, you have to do a lot of crunch or other not very great labor practices Mm -hmm. and if that's the case and even if it's not the case you should might consider organizing your fellow co-workers into a union
2: (laughs) nice
0: (laughs) well done so get on that Stephen
2: (laughs) (laughs) okay
1: (laughs) um yeah though all well, the the other th- thing I was um considering using as a transition is that there's um a lot of songs that have to do with the labor movement and uh-huh. stuff my friend emily and their family are in um a choir that sings all like labor and union songs which huh. is pretty great huh. um like this one <laughs> <laughs> I am a union woman, just as brave as I can be. I do not like the bosses, and the bosses don't like me.
2: <laughs> et, cetera, cool. et cetera,
1: et cetera, et mm-hmm. cetera.
2: Um, they sing that in a choir. Yes. Nice. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I,
1: it's That's not exactly cool. how that one goes. but yeah, okay. <laughs> I'll, link a, a, I'll put a link in the show notes to a bunch of labor union songs. Um,
2: they sound like union shanties.
1: Pretty much. <laughs> um, this topic, I think thought we should talk about because of a lot of the like current events that are happening mm-hmm. yes. um, recently. Um,
2: Mainly so, it's just things coming to light. Yes. I think that like this has been a problem for a while, but okay. Uh, Rockstar has been notorious for uh, uh, employees overworking and working 80 hour weeks which is or a hundred hour weeks or a hundred hour weeks. And like the higher ups are, you know, working these long weeks and they're, they're not, pressuring quotes them to work these hours but like if they're doing it then like everybody else feels obligated to do it it creates an environment where
0: you are more valuable to the company if yeah. you do put in that time right and even if you're not obligated or even told in any like implied to you yeah the reality of it is that like you become less valuable and less appealing and uh, the to- it makes your relationship toxic if you don't participate in in those systems exactly you know you
1: look like the person who's slacking off, even though you're doing the regular amount of work. Right. right.
2: The expectations change, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. exactly. Um, and so uh, the topic of unions came up.
1: Yes, because when you're part of a union, um, basically what a union is is a bunch of people who work together, band together to make like a little organization that um, represents, and they have like a representative negotiate a con- your contract for everybody. Um, so everyone has sort of an equal footing and together you can say, we want higher wages. We want like better working conditions. We don't want crunch. We don't want like all these things that, mm-hmm. and it it's the funny thing is like all this, this is me on my soapbox a little bit. This whole thing is going to be me on my soapbox. <laughs> um, but like it actually is to the companies, the employers benefit to have their workers happy.
3: Yeah.
1: Like, I it's doubt the people. Yeah, because I doubt the people that are working 100 hours are going to be able to work 100 hours forever. Yeah. And are they really getting that good of work done at hour 100? <laughs> like, yeah. I seriously doubt that. Yeah. <laughs> Healthy game devs are better game devs.
3: True.
1: Very true. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and like, we see a lot of people in the games industry drop out and move to other industries um, because they don't want to, they want to like have lives and mm-hmm. not take the years off their life by being so much, have so much stress.
2: Right. Burnout is a very real thing that yeah. happens. Uh, and it's, yeah, it's, mm-hmm. it's unfortunate that like a lot of it comes to that.
0: Mm hmm. And like you say, it's not just there's you know, the benefit to the company overall, mm-hmm. and not just in those like, larger term schemes, but when you say like, the union negotiates, it doesn't just mean that it's a fight between like we want more money versus no, we don't want to give you money. It's that a union, re, re, the union wants the company to survive, Yes, yeah. <laughs> and so when it negotiates, it ha- of course has an interest as, as well, and those can be at odds, mm-hmm. but it's actually easier to find a compromise than you'd think. Like, it's not just about, like, we want, to pay, we, we want to pay you nothing. No, pay us everything. It's not, that's yeah. not your starting <laughs> point, <Yeah. dream>, right? <laughs> like, the, a lot of times unions will negotiate uh, pay reductions when companies don't do well in an effort to keep everybody's jobs. Mm-hmm. Like, it's a way to um, help companies make better decisions by taking the interests of everybody into account. Yeah. And so it's not always just a fight. Between, like, you know, like, uh, uh, you know, fat cat union gangsters right. and, <laughs> and, and, and like cigar chomping backroom management. <laughs> like, you know, if there's good faith on all sides, it, it really is mutually beneficial. And right. I like that could be seen as a political statement, but I, I'd like to think that it's not. I think that's just a true fact. Right? Well,
1: like, one of the examples I was going to bring up is um, Vox Media, which um, runs Polygon, mm-hmm. one of the game dev journalism outlets um they unionized their editorial and video staff recently and um the like the it took a really long time for Vox to recognize their union which confused everyone because they're like we're not saying we're like working here is bad in fact it's really great and we just want to make sure that it continues to be really great yeah um because like the company's growing or whatever um so it wasn't like hey we're we're having terrible things happen at work. It's more, it was more like we want to just, you know, make sure that it keeps going exactly the way it's going. So yeah.
0: right. It wasn't in response to a, a, a problem. Yeah, exactly. It was a pr- pr- proactive measure to support the company's growth. Yes. Right?
1: Yep. And make sure that it's like sustainable mm-hmm. for everybody. Um. So, yeah. So, Unions can be good for everybody.
0: <laughs> you know, a similar story, um, Gawker Media's editorial unionized, I think, just before uh, Gawker went under, right? Oh. And, 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 and turned into the Gizmodo Media Group and was then bought by Univision, I think. Uh, yeah. and that story. The fact that they had a union, I think what it is, is they, got, they were organized under the Writers Guild of America East which does, uh, I mean, it's, you know, uh, theater and movie writers, but it also does other types of writers. Fox
1: is under the same one.
0: Oh, great. Um, And so I think that that really saved a lot of people's livelihoods Mm. in that transition. It didn't save everybody's jobs, certainly, but um, it made it, you know, it was like a just-in-time kind of scenario, Mm. you know?
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Like, um, people were also talking about unions because of the whole Telltale thing that yes, happened yes. so telltale basically shut down um and they did it without even though they knew it was going to happen they didn't tell anyone until like the moment it was happening and yeah. everyone lost their job and their benefits and everything and no severance pay right um and like people were saying like if they had had a union they would have had to like be more transparent about what was happening and so like people might have been able to like help course correct what was happening um
0: right right or, I mean, but, or, or just wind it down in a more responsible manner. Yeah. You know, be I like, mean, okay,
1: make sure that we have, you know, make sure that we have, a, you know, if we stop production at this date so that we have enough money to give everyone like.
0: Yeah. Some severance. or yeah. Whatever. Right. Instead of, cause yeah, I think the, 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 you know, with your management, if you're, you're, you know, you believe in your company and you're trying to save it with every last breath you have. But if you had these other stakeholders meeting with you, you could maybe have a more realistic approach into what was going to happen, and then everybody could have come out a little bit better. I mm-hmm. could have had a little less waste in the process.
2: You know? Yeah, um, would have been nice. It's, it's yeah, it's worker representation, mm-hmm. which you know that's good. It's important, um, yeah. right? And it can pre- it can prevent those kinds of things from happening, or yeah, or lessen the impact. Yeah, um, I'm blessed because my company uh, I'm ho- I'm hourly, so like if I do have to crunch, I get compensated for it. Oh that's nice. Yeah. Um but like other people are salaried and such and they do not get compensated their hundred hour work, you know, uh periods. Yeah. So like that's bad. And something needs to change yeah. much about
0: that. I will say though that there is some the uh, I I've had hourly positions yeah. where um where I I've been, I felt better, more comfortable than I would have if I was salaried, mm-hmm. particularly because the work I would do in agencies and ad agencies would be very deadline based. Oh, so sure. I would have days where I'd be sitting on my hands, yeah. and then I'd have days where like I'd work for you know eighteen hours. Yeah, and um, being hourly made me a little more comfortable with that. But should I have been so comfortable with that? Yeah.
3: <laughs> you know? no, right,
2: right. So, I know, like it's not. Oh, well, I haven't had to do crunch at work. My job, sure, So, Like sure. I've been fine. Forty hours every week, basically. Right. You, you're you're doing okay. Yeah, yeah but yeah, I yeah. mean, like. That's still. You're, at least you're still getting compensated. So, like, I, mm-hmm. I agree with you though that like, like it still sucks eight, 18 hour work days. Or, oh, that's that's right, right. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I agree with you. That. <laughs> <laughs> I agree with you
0: on that. And it's just a matter of like, you know, making sure you see the forest for the trees. Yeah, you know. Mm-hmm. Um but i mean certainly if i was salaried in that position i'd be like throwing away a lot of hours mm-hmm. or i'd be less motivated to 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 you know i'd i'd be i'd be making a more forceful case for pushing a deadline yeah. than trying to meet it and that might have been better for the company ultimately mm. i don't actually it's case by case of course sure. um i also don't mind working late if you know if if, if it's fair if i feel it's oh, fair yeah, if it in ha- certain cases yeah. but like it's um that's why a union is important in situations not necessarily like that, but situations like that but worse, because then they're the ones who can make the larger decisions instead of you in the trenches trying to figure out yeah. what's practical right. and making the, those those choices, and then uh, gearing how you approach your own work and what motivations you have. You 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 yourself don't have a perfectly. Um, uh, um, objective perspective, mm-hmm. and so having a sort of broader representation that can answer those questions for you, uh, who can analyze all those those, those particular situations, um, saves you a lot of stress as well as you know uh, uh, you know livelihood and and uh, sustainable work environments.
2: Yes,
1: so I was looking up a ton about unions and kind of went down rabbit holes. Um, so uh, and also like the rules are so complicated for like how you make a union and like how. Unions have changed over time. Um, so if I mess something up, I am sorry. <laughs> Please let me know. Um, Nicegames.club uh, slash feedback. Yes. <laughs> um, okay, so brief overview of unions. Um, basically, a lot of them were started in industries that were like manual labor. Um, so like the railroad, um, like the like factory workers um, and stuff like that. Um, a lot of stuff was happening in the uh, like big pushes happened in the 30s. Uh, so there's this law called the National Labor, Labor Relations Act of 1935, which basically made it so that people could organize legally into trade unions, they could collective bargain and take collective action to strike um, without repercussions, like people getting killed, which happened. Before that
0: right, yeah. uh, strikes were uh, ad hoc events yeah. prior to that they weren't mm-hmm. formalized yeah. and it created dangerous situations mm-hmm.
1: yeah this unfortunate thing about unions is that oftentimes because they were made up of, of lots of white people that they were like very racist <laughs> um, oh.
0: <laughs>
2: that's a fact i didn't know okay.
0: <laughs> like all of our great institutions
2: yeah fair enough
1: <laughs> but recently so okay so there's this big organization that advocates for unions and like, helps organize unions called the a- afl-cio which is the america wait <laughs> oh there's so many acronyms okay <laughs> their own website doesn't have the lit, the, the full out. It's
0: too long of an acronym. <laughs> Isn't it also lost its meaning a little bit? Like a lot of these organizations, they, yes, they, they evolve over the years. Right? Well,
1: yes. And then, then since unions can like other unions can help other unions form. You can have things like the United steel workers, for example, cover like tons of industries that aren't the steel workers because right. like they all sort of, everybody sort of helps each other to organize. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the American Federation of Labor and Congress of Industrial Organizations, which is a combination of two labor um, organizations hmm. that were helping to, to unionize everybody. Yeah. Um, anyway, so they've started working on trying to like reconcile uh, how the labor union, labor movement kind of failed the civil rights movement. Um, because, And we still have problems with that because of the police unions, et cetera, mm-hmm. um, where it's like... <laughs> Unions working against social justice, which is like mind-boggling.
2: Well, you might um, be on one side of social justice, but not on the other side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, there's, um, you know, union. The
0: insofar that unions have a bad reputation, it's in that they get entrenched and they very they're clicky, and that yeah. seems like a weird word to describe it, but that's kind of what yeah, it is. Uh, yeah. And I think that's, I think part of the result of that is the sort of like. Um, the tribalism of it, right? And that's definitely true of, of certain types of unions, uh, the uh, policemen's unions, particularly because they're, uh, you know, one, uh, the policemen are generally underpaid. They're, they also have very dangerous jobs mm-hmm. and they're at the, the, the front of many controversies. And so you almost, I mean, you should criticize where it's, where it's earned, but like you can kind of have some understanding for how insular and protective they can be, which can lead to corruption. Yeah, and that has that has happened, and that's partly why there needs to be more, like there needs to be regulation and 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 a, a, a public, a, um, public opinions on how labor labor unions are formed, so that they can do good and not you know become entrenched and do wrong. Yeah, right. There's not there's no like balance in all things, I guess. Right.
1: Yeah, exactly. There's one. Nice, hopeful story from the 30s. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Just one. <laughs>
1: uh, well, I mean, in regards to this, there's lots of stories like this. But, right. but um, there's this one union organizer named Miles Horton. Um, he's from Tennessee, was, was from Tennessee. Um, he also ended up being like a, a, a big uh, white ally for the civil rights movement. Mm. Um, he was like friends with Martin Luther King and stuff. Cool. Um, and his big thing was he wouldn't come in he would help organize unions but he's like I won't come into your place and or to your factory or whatever unless you don't leave the black workers behind
3: mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> and he was like if you say like if you all stick together I will come help you if you don't the minute you you do anything racist I'm out <laughs> so um, that helped a lot of uh, unions actually be stronger because it was like the whole factory could Come together right. and they wouldn't leave half their workers
0: out. <laughs> yeah, right. It <laughs> so, could be a little more collective for the, yeah. for, for the,
2: yeah, the and bargaining. Yeah. Not only that, but like the if you keep enough workers still there, yeah. they'll just do the work of twice with the people. Yeah. So like it makes your point not as strong. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: So anyway, so that's. So I had a
2: practical dimension as well as a, an ethical one. Yes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of I feel like that's a lot of things. Like it's uh, unions; they're practical and ethical. Yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, so that's a little bit of the sordid history of unions. Um, But most of the time, they're good things.
3: Mm
2: -hmm. (laughs) Well, Yeah, I mean, I think it's also important to talk about like some of the downsides, like we brought up on uh, like like police unions and such. But also, um, somebody on the MSP game Dev Slack had brought up that like unionizing would cause would make it a lot more difficult for independent uh, game developers to, like, you know, establish themselves as a business, yeah. Because it would be more expensive, mm-hmm. right? Um, I don't know all the details. <laughs> well, I, I don't know the, you
0: know, I mean, I think people can probably imagine where that's difficult. And sure. I think because the thing is, unions aren't just like a, a free club you're part of, right? Yeah. Like you have dues, and and a lot of times it can be more expensive than you think they're worth. Um, yeah. When my wife was a teenager, she worked at a grocery store, mm-hmm. and they were unionized. Oh, but she did not need that union. Right, yeah, um, other people that worked there did, but she didn't need it, mm-hmm. and uh part of what made that union work is that people like her who didn't need it also contributed to its success, uh, so ultimately it was a good thing, yeah, but like it didn't do her any good, and it cost her part of her paycheck right, and so that's a that's a difficult uh, uh, a push and pull, and there are actually there are there's sort of a lot of legal arguments about like what if you uh, join a company that's governed by a, that, that its employees are governed by a union, what rights do you have to say, I'm not, I don't want to be part of this. And that's the, it's called right to work. And it's a bit of a, of a um, disingenuous uh, phrase uh, mm. because it, because it, when you don't, uh, when you're not, when you can opt out of the collective, then the collective weakens. Yeah. Right. And, and that is the purpose of that. And so it's very, it's politically fraught and people have their own opinions on it, of course. Mm. Um, but um, in the case of smaller industries and really creative industries, um, you can really feel that a lot more because I mean we're used to borrowing and stealing, working for nothing or free, and then suddenly you need you you want to form a, a collective or a small group, of a company, and suddenly you're management now.
3: Yeah. And so, <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> and and you didn't you don't have any money. It's like right. <laughs> so, so what's you know what how is that and that's definitely true. I've experienced this in. Um, in the film industry, uh-huh. um, where you know you want to put up money for a film, and um, uh, there are certain actors you can't hire because they're they are union actors, and you there's one if you're a small production, uh, the the uh, SAG and um, and uh, Equity and um, the, the other actors' guilds, they they understand this, and they have exceptions that, uh, for so their their union actors can work on non union projects, right? But you have to apply, and you have to gain non-union status. It's like it's it's fairly bureaucratic, and I think ultimately it's it you know I mean there are pluses and minuses. It could be a little easier for independent uh, filmmakers, but it's a bit of a hassle, and it makes it like less appealing to hire a good actor who's part of a union. Yeah, and so it does limit some of that. And I think that would be definitely be true if the games industry was much more unionized. You'd have this notion of people who want to do side projects, who want to work for their friends on, uh, on the weekends. Right. And do the things that, Stephen, you're too tired to do. Um, <laughs> you know, um, what, what are the rules about that going to be? Yeah. And because, because if there aren't rules, then that goodwill can be exploited. Mm-hmm. And, um, and the point of a union is to protect the value of the work. Right. It doesn't matter who's employing the work. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, there is always multiple dimensions to it. Right. Um, that can be a little bit difficult. Yeah. yeah. uh, To navigate. Um, and you know, there's no calculus that benefits everybody in 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 equal measure. Right. Right.
2: Yeah. It's not as simple as just give everybody equal amounts of money. (laughs) (laughs) They don't all need equal amounts of money, and it's a whole whole bunch of that stuff. Yeah. Um, If only it
1: was so simple.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Well, I, yeah, I just wanted to make sure that we brought up both the good sides and bad sides because I think that I, I I'm in favor of unions myself personally, but like, you mm. know, I think there are some things that we should consider, like the things that we've yeah. we brought up here. Well,
0: it's the difference between ideology and policy, right? Right. I think ideologically, I think all of us in this table are, are pro union. Yeah. And I, and like I said, I don't believe that's a, a, a extraordinarily political statement. <laughs> I feel comfortable just being pro union. Yeah. That said when when you have to then implement policy and how do you actually form these unions, what shape do they take, what are the exceptions, how does it work, then there's just tons of room yeah. for discussion and debate and, and experimentation yeah. uh, and exceptions and all of that stuff, mm-hmm. right?
1: Yeah. 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 So if you want to start a union <laughs>
3: <Yeah>. <laughs> with all
1: of its pros and cons, mm-hmm. um, there's different ways of going about it. So um, depending on what type of organization you work for. So for example, I work for a public, I work for the government. Um, so there's different rules that my workplace would have to go through than a private workplace. Um, and a private workplace, th- what you're d- working under is, is the National Labor Regulation Board? Relations. Relations Board. <laughs> Board. National Labor Relations Board. <laughs> <laughs> um, which is like a, an agency, federal agency um that basically oversees all the unions.
0: Yeah, they rule on disputes. They handle you know they're a regulatory agency. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um and you kinda you have to register your union with the with them. Um and your employer has to recognize it. So that can lead to lots of like so okay, so there's this thing called the cards a card sign or something like that, where you have to you get everybody who wants to be in the union um, to sign a union card. Mm-hmm. And if you get 30% of your company or your unit to sign those, then you can go to the company and say, Hey, look, we've got 30% at least who want to be part of this. Um, please recognize our union. Uh, and then if they do, then you don't have to, you can like go register and, it um, and start negotiating. Um, They also can bring, you also can, uh, if they say no, and also if you can just do this anyway, um, go to the NLRB and do a secret ballot, So, um, which takes a little while, which is why the companies really want you to do that, (laughs) because then they have time to like drum up anti-union support, even though they're not supposed to do that.
0: Right. There's campaigning involved in these. Yes.
1: (laughs) Um, But the secret ballot, you have to get 50%. Um, and if you do, then it's like you get recognized or whatever. Mm-hmm. The company has to recognize you at that point. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Um, with the pro- with the public sector where I work, um, the rules are different and more confusing. Um, <laughs> Isn't
0: that always the way?
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, because you're kind of under national law, but most of what happens is is state law. So there's some like Minnesota, we're fortunate that. Um, if you're a public employee, you, c- you can unionize. Um, there's lots of rules, but you can unionize. Um, some states do not allow public workers to unionize, which I just think mm. should not be a thing, <laughs> nonpartisanly. <Yes>. Um,
0: <laughs> well, the, the argument there, and I also don't agree with it, but the argument there is that the um, the employers are the taxpayers. And so the the extra cost of union overhead, there's like some reasoning to say like, it would it make government more expensive and raise taxes and that's why we wouldn't, blah, 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 blah uh, whatever. <laughs> and so, like, that itself is not a disingenuous argument, but, like, I don't buy it for
1: half a second. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway, that's how it is. Right. <laughs> right now, anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and luckily, in here in Minnesota, we have, we have pretty strong uh, union support. So, um, yeah. So... We'll see. My place is currently not unionized, oh, um, mm. which I don't know if anybody knows, but I did, I didn't know all legislative workers in Minnesota are not unionized.
2: Yeah. Oh.
1: We are not part of Minnit, the Minnesota IT.
2: Oh, They're- that explains a lot. Yes. yes. <laughs> my, my dad works at MnDOT in, mm-hmm. uh Minnesota Department of Transportation. No one knows what Mindad is. Um, and he is part of Minit. Yeah. Sure, sure. Oh, yeah. Now yeah, no, that makes sense now. Because he was talking about that. And he was like, oh, is your friend Martha in Minit? And I was like, uh, I don't know. And I'll ask her. And then you said no. And I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs>
1: and now we've caught up to the present.
3: Right,
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, yeah. So Minnesota IT does all, all executive branch um, stuff Mm -hmm. so uh, all the agencies MnDOT um pollution control all those places
0: Yeah, yeah yeah
1: um so yeah <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. so it's interesting that yeah you're not unionized and, and whether you should be or not is maybe not something you want to get into specifically probably
1: should not say on this podcast, right. but you could probably guess my position <laughs> not partisanly right. of course
0: um, but uh, you know there's there's definitely the case of like you know a union isn't always necessary in every scenario mm-hmm. um, I, you know I, I tend to lean in f- favor of at least exploring the idea w- when when it's when it's an option yeah. but it's, it shouldn't be the default position of every industry and everything everywhere. There's some practical elements to it. Mm -hmm. And I think that um, the the risk uh, to unions these days is just the the gig economy and uh, certainly a lot of legislative and political efforts to reduce the power of unions um, also, but just the freedom people have to switch careers and change jobs uh, makes unions less valuable to them in a lot of ways. That's and they, true. they feel like they don't do as much, and so they're much, much less likely to vote for them in a scenario where they have to do a secret ballot. And I, I don't have the statistics in front of me. I don't know if you've looked into this at all, Martha, but like the last 50 years, just like the power of unions has just shrunk dramatically. And that a lot, a lot of people have been um, associating that with the fact that the the GDP of the country has Gone up at a, at a fairly good rate. You know, it's it, we have a growing economy, and we've we, even in bad years, uh, the, the overall trend line has, has been okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but the um, the average uh, wages have not risen at the same level. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people tie that um, uh, correlation and perhaps causation to the reduction in power of, of unions in the country. Oh. Yeah,
1: and, I, I did read a statistic that union membership is was uh, in 2016 was one of the lowest uh, that it has been of percentage wise of the United States. Yeah.
0: Yeah. These things have network effects. So it's like, it's not just that the unions themselves have less power. It's that when, when it's less a part of American life, um, then it becomes, there's fewer advocates. There's people who understand the benefits and fewer people who can navigate the, the difficulties. Yeah. Uh,
2: Right. 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 like bringing it back to, um, our industry, like, uh, Video game developers have a tradition of, you know, like, working at a place and then leaving it and going to a new place and getting promoted as a result of it, instead yeah. of staying at the same company. So, like... Right, we worked on a game, and then I'm going to be
0: hired on another game. Yes. And people do stay at the same company for they many do years. do sometimes, yeah. But that's not always the way it's it is. It's not always the way yeah. it is.
2: And sometimes, and I mean, often we, ha- we have burnout and stuff, too, so, like, people yeah. will just leave it. So, like, a union maybe isn't as valuable as a lot of... Or is like. We might feel it maybe be mm-hmm. to, to other people because of those reasons well it's hard to explain it, but it, I think the the best
0: analogy that people have used when they when they argue for the case of unions in the games industry other than the basic like human decency reasons <laughs> right, is a comparison to the film industry, yeah, which is heavily unionized mm-hmm. and like I mentioned you know the sort of difficulties with indie film, but like you know the the Hollywood films like the there's the directors the people who have the most power on a film set yeah. they are unionized yeah um they feel that they need protection yeah. if you're an actor on a, on a film set you have to have 10 hours between shoots you can't you can't work all night you yeah. know um there are union rules that protect child well there's laws that protect child actors but there are also uh, uh, union provisions as well like the 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 caterers are unionized, the the the, the below-the line crew are unionized, everyone's unionized mm-hmm. and that industry makes tons of money. Yeah. You know, and, and, and like it it can be it like it's not an easy relationship, right? It it creates yeah. a lot of bureaucracy. Right. But like there, you know, no one's being bled dry. And I think that the video game industry, which is also a very hit-driven and high profit industry, at least in the AAA space, yeah. um, I think a lot of the arguments are saying, like, well, listen, these games are very expensive. We take huge risks on them. Like this would be this is unsustainable, and I think you just look at other industries that have done it, and it's not that it would be a one to one relationship, but like um, I think it's very it's it is somewhat disingenuous to to just say like well it would never work, right? It would just it would probably work differently, yeah. Um, But but yeah, and then you end up with these stories of people at Telltale saying that like they put in all this overtime, they felt this ownership, and then suddenly company's gone, they're fired, and then they have they realize they just look they look in the sky and for the first moment realize that they actually don't own anything. Yeah, and like, and they felt like they did, and that, yeah. that part of that's the culture of it, right? If they don't expect to have the protection of a union, then they fill that with this sort of other sense of like belonging, and and then when they realize that, like, when the rubber meets the road, they're they're just working for hire, and you know, there's no one who's like of evil villain in this scenario. It's yeah. just the way it goes, and there is it can change, mm-hmm. right? It could, it could change.
2: Yes, I like to leave that on a whole yeah.
0: Point yeah point. I, I like yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's the game workers unite. unite. Um, oh, yes. Uh, Martha, do you have links for them that we can put in the show notes?
1: Uh, yes, I'll put so, show those in mm-hmm. the show notes. Um, they are working to try to get unions in the game industry,
0: and they have a
1: lot of cool resources and links. Um, and they were at GDC, weren't they?
0: I think that's where the movement kind of started. Um, I wish
1: I was there. <laughs> I don't know
0: if it was, you know, my memory is probably failing me, but I don't know if it was born out of any particular scandal or event. I think it was a good time to launch that campaign. And they have sense there's there's like different chapters of that organization now they're not union chapters, but like they're definitely they have this they have the spirit of it, and they're trying to make it something that like you just can't ignore anymore yeah and i it it might take a while, but i I, I do hope that they make uh, a dent uh,
2: in the system anyway yes well I, I said I wanted to leave it on a hopeful note, but I want to know what this local four fifty five pipe fitters union thing oh is. I was just because I wanted to just Coda. To,
1: <laughs> the reason the reason I'm so like i have been pro-union my whole life is because my grandpa was part of the local 455 pipefitters union. Mm. Um, and like every summer we would go to the pipefitters union picnic and, uh, like they would had all these like cool fun activities for kids to do. So I Mm -hmm. have always had this, like, I don't know. And, and, and the the cool thing about the pipefitters union and a lot of, like trade unions for the, for, um, more manual labor stuff is that they would actually like back in the day, they would actually find you jobs. Like you would work for the union and then they would find you a job. So mm-hmm. it wasn't like that could, that sort of model could work for the people who like more people who move around or like more freelancers where it's like becomes sort of like a.
0: Right. And that's, that ends up being a service to the industry in a way that that would be very appealing to, you know, companies whose HR departments are fairly costly. Yeah. Right. <laughs>
1: yeah. And like, I don't know. I just, the the unit has been really great for for my family, so, cool. yeah.
2: Well, I'm glad I asked about it. <laughs>
3: <laughs>
1: yeah. Uh, that's
0: good. Game workers unite. <laughs> hey, that's our show. If you haven't already, subscribe to Nice Games Club in your favorite podcast app and be sure to give it a good review if you liked it or nice like us. We know you're out there, so leave a review and tell all your friends too organize them all get them together and leave a review have them tell all their friends too and then we can form a union of Nice Games Club listeners. Yes. yes. That's my clumsy way of tying that into the pitch at the end here. Um, if you you be part of the club. If you didn't like that then you should uh, get all your friends to listen to the show so they can leave us negative feedback about it. <laughs> and then we'll listen if there's more of you so yes. that's how it works so really you have to you gotta spread the word either way yeah uh, we wanna hear directly from you of course so follow us on Twitter and all the other things at Nice Games Club and you can email us at contact at nicegames.club lastly you can find out more about the show and your nice host as well get all the links and show notes from this and other episodes at nicegames.club so until we start again remember to play nice
1: and make nice See, transition, transition, transition. Um.
0: Martha, are you telling me that you were listening to Stephen this whole time instead of
4: Shush. coming up with a transition? <laughs> Shush. Shush. <laughs>